0: Session with Dr. Fadid
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to In Session. I'm your host, Dr. Fadid Palakwi, and I'll be with you for the next two hours here on Radio Hamra. Student number to call in 310 441 310-441-0555. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics or books for the program and the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, our studio number 310 441 As probably most of you out there this last week, so much of what I've seen um, when it comes to news, social media, has been about the situation in the Middle East. And I'm not here to give a commentary on a potential solution or to, to take sides, but more just to share heartbreak over uh, what I'm seeing, just um, death and destruction and lives torn apart, traumas that are just happening and unfolding on a daily basis. And it's really heartbreaking to see that in my Hope is what I think is most people's hope for the most peaceful resolution to what can happen and the most limited loss of life of any culture, country, religion, whatever it might be. Uh, All lives have to be considered when we're looking at these situations that we have to um, value all of them. And so it's sad to see what is happening. And unfortunately, what I'm seeing is that more death is on the way from what is happening. It's not stopping anytime soon. And I'm hoping for peace. I know that we can feel um, need to defend ourselves in different ways, whatever side you're on. Um, But I don't think we're going to get to peace through death and war. It's going to be through some um, finding of understanding at some level. And so, yes, if A particular group like Hamas wants to just kill people as their that's what they want to do then no you can't negotiate with them about that but about the bigger picture I'm hoping we will find a a peaceful resolution I know that's obviously the the easy cliche answer and that has not been found for decades now but hopeful for that Um, and it's been very painful to watch I'm sure as many of you out there seeing so many videos pictures hearing stories of people who have been killed, even children. Uh, Sadly, many of the casualties have been children. Um, And I'll share just some thoughts about how we deal with the exposure to this news. And this is always going to be true. Um, Unfortunately, we have so many images of suffering around the world that we are constantly seeing and so many that we don't see, people that are suffering without the media's attention. It reminds me of last year, and it still continues in Iran. We were having similar conversations and experiencing similar things, seeing people who would, um, you know, were telling me, and I was experiencing it too, seeing so much of these videos and the news and what's happening. um, It's overwhelming. And so there's this balancing of we want to be informed, we don't want to look away. I don't think that's good to completely look away and ignore what's happening. But there is um, limits to what we should be exposing ourselves to and of course what we should expose children to that can be its own conversation even as as adults. How much do you let yourself see these different images, videos, uh, read the news of what's going on? Especially even repeatedly seeing the same things. Um, I haven't been watching as much TV news over the last year or so. this last week I did to stay a bit more informed when I had a few minutes here and there. And I would find myself at times seeing the same painful videos. You know, they were, as you sometimes, if you watch news for a few hours, you'll often see that they're looping certain things. And at the top of the hour, they might share the same story or their same videos or turn over to a correspondent, but it's a, a taped type of a thing. And I was realizing I was seeing the same painful thing. And and realizing that's not going to be, that's not informing me anymore. I, I shouldn't see it again. If I already saw something painful, and even how much we see, we should be careful. But repeatedly seeing the same things is, is having a negative impact on me. And so I, I decided to, it was time to turn it off. Um, but I hope people will be mindful of this that it can be hard to turn away, hard not to want to know. But we have to be uh, aware of how much we take in. Um, Just for ourselves, first and foremost, we have to take care of ourselves, but also we can have responsibilities to others that we have to consider. For example, if you are a a partner in a relationship, but even more if you are a parent and you have kids, we have to be aware of how uh, these things are impacting us and how much we can see. Especially, I know I've talked to many parents and for anyone hearing that a child was hurt or killed is just the, the most painful thing to hear. For parents, it can un- un- unexpectedly or without um, our intention make us think of something happening to our own kids, and that could be very difficult. So be aware of that when you're seeing these types of um, this footage, uh, hearing these stories. It's going to be very painful. If you have your own children, we have to be mindful of that. Again, it doesn't mean turn away, or because of that, we're not going to care, but being aware that hearing repeated stories of certain types of tragedies. Um, it doesn't keep you better informed. It just might too continue to to hurt you. Um, and so we had similar things. We still feel that with what's happening in Iran that we see the news and it could be hurtful and heartbreaking to see. And we have to still manage staying informed, spreading the information, sharing the information, but also making sure we take care of ourselves as well. And so again, hoping for whatever is going to lead to the least loss of life and bring about the most peace. I feel like we're far away from that, but hoping for that um, someday soon. Another thing to consider when we, um, it's not just about this issue, it's actually more of a general thing. We all have certain reactions and biases to to different situations that are going on. And there is a sense of, okay, sometimes things are just wrong and that makes sense that we'll have an, an emotional reaction to it. But sometimes you might recognize, you might see it easier in others, because in yourself you might just think I'm following the truth or following the justice. But we might find that you have, or you might find that you have certain preferences for the the side you take on certain uh, on issues. So for example, you might always notice or notice most of the time you are on the side of the person who got hurt or the victim. Now, it always makes sense to to focus on people that are hurt or the victim, but when you notice yourself preoccupied with something, what we can sometimes recognize is that it's tapping into something within ourselves, some sense of victimhood we might have, or some sense that our own being hurt was not attended to, so our being a victim was not seen by others, and so now we are looking for or paying even more attention to the people who are or the victors, or if we are siding with a side that has the power or that is related to order maybe that's reflecting something within us of a fear of our own sense of not having power or wanting to have that power position or this fear of losing order or losing a sense of what is going on so i I say this and i don't want people to necessarily think of it just with this issue uh, of the middle east right now but that you will recognize certain things in yourself that you have certain values that you might put above others you might recognize that acceptance might be the most important thing for you and and, and jonathan Haidt um wrote a great book about it. i'm blanking on the title of the book right now but basically he wrote a book looking at different political sides like democrats and republicans and it's not that they are caring completely about the different things but they will value different things at a different level so for example um, acceptance might be so important for someone and for someone else it might not be as important to make sure everyone is accepted or included. Um, they might value something like honor even more or respect. So let's say something comes up about the flag and respecting the flag for some people that might be more significant than it is for other people. So if we, um, are willing to take a look at ourselves we usually don't because with these types of issues we just feel like we are right and the other side is wrong so if i um, believe something and there's usually evidence for both sides so we can point to that evidence and magnify it and minimize the other side's perspective and feel like we're definitely right and they are definitely wrong end of story Um, and these issues tend to bring up very intense feelings and so because of that we can feel even more that we want to cling on to being right rather than seeing what is right or what is the full picture. Uh, it's actually a probably a strength and weakness of mine that I can see both sides, I'd say, fairly well. Of course, I'm going to miss it and have my own biases. I try to be aware of them, so I still have that and I'm going to be blind often to what I'm not seeing. But overall, even as a therapist, it's something you try to do. You see a couple. And you try your best to see both sides because you're treating the relationship. You need to make sure both sides um, are seen and understood. And even if someone has to change their behavior more than the other person, usually it's a dynamic process. But even still, if someone has to do more, they'll do better if they feel understood, if both sides feel understood. So I think I naturally do this, but then also through my work have had to do this even more, had this part strengthened of seeing both sides. Sometimes it could be to a fault because in a certain situation, uh, a moral equivalency is not a good thing. To, to jump to a place where everyone is equally responsible might not be fair because one side might be far more responsible for what is going on and far more to have to take the blame and to have to make the change. But because of this, I'm at times able to see both sides a bit and try to understand the perspectives of Both, And I do think that most conflict resolution requires this, that we have to see the other person's side. And uh, explanation doesn't mean justification. So just because you allow someone to explain what they did or why they did it, it doesn't mean they were right to do it. So if we say someone got angry and beat someone up, that's not okay. But we want to understand why they did it not to justify what they did and now say it's okay because we're giving them excuses but because actually if we want to prevent that thing from happening it's important that we understand what happened because it can happen again and often we like to just blame this one evil bad actor whether it's in a small scale or a larger scale type of situation rather than trying to look at the whole context of of what's going on how did we get here if people are being um, hurtful to each other people are harming one another In whatever capacity that is, we'll always do better if we try to understand what's going on rather than just presume that it's this one person and there's nothing worth looking at. Because the feeling can be that if we try to understand why it happened, it's giving them some kind of justification or excuse or possibly making it okay. And that does happen where we say, well, this person had a a violent upbringing, so if they were violent... It's not their fault. And that's not the conclusion I would go to. Um, Again, it could help us understand in a more systematic or systemic way, okay, how can we reduce violence overall in the society? Because that does spill over to other ways that that we then lead to more conflict down the line. If it's still out there, it's going to continue. And so I think the similar patterns are happening now, that if we are not willing to look at the bigger picture, of things and see both sides, not that it means you agree with both sides, um, there will be a problem there. And so, as I mentioned at the top, this doesn't mean let's try to look at both sides of someone who's killing someone else as okay. That's never okay. Um, Harming people is never okay. Uh, Rape and torture and all the things we've been seeing are never okay no matter who is the victim and who is perpetrating that. It's never acceptable to do these things. So that I wanna make very clear. Um, Unfortunately, you know, you see people posting things. And I've seen this. uh, One was by a a celebrity who posted a picture of children and they were suffering. And then they found out that the children were from the other side. I will not even say which side was which in this case, because it doesn't matter. And then they took the picture down. And so um, clearly this sends the message that it, it depends which kids are suffering. Then it's worth posting or being sad about. And that's that can't be our. Mindset as a uh, as humanity as society to value only some children and not others, or to care about the pain of some and not others. That's one of the um, fundamental causes of so much suffering throughout the world throughout history has been dehumanizing and making some people less than, and then treating them as less than, and then we see the results. And so this is never acceptable. We have to start with the basic value that all human life has equal value that we value all people that we value all children and that we have to make sure they're all okay and minimize the death of those children and innocent children especially innocent people all children are innocent but the innocent people who are not involved um, that's something that we want to strive towards so i hope we can take a look at ourselves a bit too with everything that is going on take a look at what are the things that you seem to to be drawn towards? We all have biases, we might not think we do. We tend to think we're just seeing the truth and seeing um, what's right and wrong, and anything we feel is just about justice. And it can be, it's usually not just one thing, but I just invite us all to be a little bit more self-reflective about what it is we're feeling, why we're feeling it, why do we think and feel, and prefer the things that we do, because it usually is a bit more complicated than just it's what's out there that we're seeing within ourselves. All right, let's go to a commercial break. Studio number 3104410555. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's go to a caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, hi. Thanks for calling.
2: Hi, it's nice uh, to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Uh, I I pretty much agree with everything that you mentioned in your, in your monologue in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to add a couple of things to it. For example, uh, you're saying there's always two sides to a story, and uh, I've always been able to try at least to have an open mind and look at both sides of uh, uh, a, an issue like, for example, issues like abortion, issues like death penalty. Some issues really have both sides, two sides, that maybe you agree with one more than the other. Um, But uh, you should be able to see both sides and not demonize one side or the other. Just that I agree with how late the abortion should be. Most people don't necessarily against abortion, but they agree that it should be one month, two months, not like eight months. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of example. But there are some issues that really when you look at it, it doesn't have two sides.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: For example, when a person goes and starts shooting up a school, Yeah. you know, I mean, you can go back and say, well, he was disturbed or whatever, but there is no way, or very little you can say to justify mm-hmm.
1: that. Sure, I totally so, yeah I totally agree with you on that. I, I think I even um, made that point, but I yeah I was talking about seeing both sides, um, and sometimes as things like killing is never going to be justified. Even there, as I was saying, it wouldn't be to justify that person's actions that they should have you know it was okay what they did at all if someone is killing
2: someone well, to some people of course killing can be justified for example uh in a war situation in defense of yourself or children sure or yeah just
1: you're you're saying someone going and shooting up uh, you know school or shooting yeah up to, yeah, yeah
2: or death penalty we well, and even justify. death penalties,
1: are, you know, there's, yeah, there's a, I could understand Again, the argument,
2: two, yeah, but I wouldn't, yeah, that.
1: right. The thing I would say is that even, even in those situations of a school, let's say a school shooter type of an example, I would never say that person did something okay. Let's say they did something that was justified at all. What I'm saying is also, if you don't look at the bigger picture and just say, oh, this was a bad person only we might miss things that contribute to it happening again. And we do see this in the United States. It doesn't happen just once, where we can say it was one person who had one problem. There is something systemic that we don't. Yeah, we want to look at the system system as well of what else might be contributing. So not to justify this person's actions, to understand it, to see if we can make it happen, to stop happening completely or at least happen less. So that's kind of what I was um, alluding to there. Yeah
2: now but bringing it back to the recent uh, situation and conflict mm-hmm. you can see that uh, the problem with the with the situation and why uh, it's very difficult uh, to make a case for uh, the Palestinians is that their behavior well, you know, their the behavior we're not tra- just towards Israelis.
1: Yeah, but we're talking about the behavior. I mean, if we're talking about Hamas, I think that's clear that they are... No,
2: no, actually, you know, I have to disagree with that because you can't just say Hamas. You know, you have to see the behavior of the rest of the Palestinians towards Hamas. You know, you can't you can distinguish what I'm saying when you refer to the Islamic Republic. You know, Islamic Republic is a uh, government or in charge. But people of Iran clearly are against it. So they go and they disagree with it. You know, when they're in power in any kind of country, they try to let the people know that they don't agree with their policies. Palestinians don't do that.
1: Well, I, I don't think it's that clear that they don't do that uh and the situation
2: palestinians palestinians run to the street giving each other chocolate when 9 11 happened
1: well i think you're making a generalization that i don't think is fair that is uh, you know there's people the that
2: representative of palestinians in in foreign countries are quiet they are not saying we we you know just like iranians do in foreign countries that they don't agree with the Islamic Republic. They are not. Even, uh, but, you know, the, the Palestinians in the U.S. government, they they didn't, they don't say anything that we don't agree with Hamas. Silence I, means maybe they agree with them.
1: Well, I don't, again, I think you're making a generalization. Someone could point to Iranians who are in support of what happens in Iran also. It's not all of them are doing one thing, so we can say this is what the... That people are are doing, and so even if we look at something like you know Hamas, and people could say Hamas is a terrorist organization, they are not okay, um, and they are wrong. But But
2: they don't say that.
1: I'm not. I'm not saying. But you're saying. Nobody from Palestine. No, that's not. No, stop. No, uh, we can't say nobody. That that's that's not a right thing to say. To say that no one has said something that
2: in the public media.
1: I've I have not. I have seen things in the public media
2: in politics
1: i have seen that as well and so to say and again we're also talking about people the the way you're generalizing it is that then in some way there we we can't treat them the the way you treat other people and we're talking about people who are uh overwhelmingly not involved with any of these things like children
2: of course whenever we are talking we're talking about generalization of course we can't say every single person well the other the other point is that when they decided to have an election for Palestinians on both West Bank and, uh, and Gaza, you know why the election was uh, was canceled? was because the polls show most Palestinians will support Hamas. That's why Mahmoud Abbas decided not to go ahead with the election.
3: I'm not so sure what year that was. The majority
2: in. of Palestinians do support Hamas. Okay. And, and let me tell you why. The reason is that they start teaching hate to their children, just like your monologue said. They start teaching hate to their children when they're in preschool. They start teaching.
1: But again, I don't. I, I think you're making a very clear uh, line here that I don't think is a fair one to draw. That everything is just one sided, and I don't. I don't think that's a, a fair demonstration of what's going on when we're talking about especially seeing both sides that it's a one-sided type of a Well, like I thing.
2: mentioned, some things do not have two sides. Yeah, well, and but we we, we might decide. Disi- and I'm giving you my point of why sure. I think that.
1: I understand and I but I don't agree <laughs> no. with I don't agree with that with your generalizations or the the points that you're making to say that it's that black and white. That's what so I You saying.
2: don't think they're teaching their children I think that to many
1: places teach teach a lot of things to their kids that are negative about other groups I'm not saying that hey, yes.
2: hate and killing is different than negative yeah you know literally teaching them to hate
1: Yeah, you made that point I, I, I think it's not again that black and white of an issue to say that um, there's not two sides here That I don't agree with that
2: alright
1: okay thank you thank you so, um, yeah, uh, I think there is uh, uh, the reason why I was disagreeing with some of those thoughts was to say that, um, you know, it's it's one sided or there isn't two sides here, I think would be unfair that there are, um, I think, more than half of the population there is children in Palestine. And so I think those are clearly innocent children that deserve well-being and to be taken care of just like any other child does and we have to be careful about that and to be mindful of that um and you know going back to the other issues i i agree that we wouldn't say there's two sides to someone coming and killing someone like in a a school shooting that we have to make sure they are given an equal understanding or justification for what they did Um, that would not be uh, seeing both sides there's something about truth and justice and about the value of human life. And then anything that is hurting or killing someone, that is something that we take as a value that we cannot accept. And so uh, I don't want to get into the political side of let's look at this side versus that side. Uh, And I'm not saying that I'm knowledgeable enough to know all of the demographics of how many people support uh, Hamas versus not Hamas um, and the teaching of hate to say it's happening you know, let's say more here, less somewhere else. Um, I've just seen that when we have these types of conflicts, usually there is hate being taught um, in a lot of ways or that's being part of the the culture. And so that does not reflect the the people at their core or that there's something about the people. We, we hear these kinds of arguments a lot about um, certain groups, populations, races being... Uh, culturally inferior or somehow less or culturally wrong. And I don't agree with that type of mentality. Um, All human beings have the potential to be so many things. And often the culture is created as a reflection of things that are going on around in that environment or what's happening there. So to say that they are somehow a group has a worse culture or they're just bad in some way, I, I definitely don't agree with it all. We have to be aware of the value of every human life in this situation, and that if we're going to have a peaceful resolution, I think we're going to have to see both sides of this and seeing how can we take care of the most people uh, and make sure there's the least amount of death, not just, of course, in the short term, we do want that for the short term, but in the longer term, which I think is only going to happen from mutual understanding, mutual respect, and a sense of how do we not only coexist, but live with respect for one another. And I know in the region, we're far from that, but that I think we can move towards that, and that would be uh, the hope. Let's go to a commercial break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's go to another caller, Radio Hamra. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, thanks for calling.
4: Hi, Dr. Farid. my daughter is going to have a baby and um, maybe next year mm-hmm. and i just want to ask you would you please introduce some books that is related to uh you know philosophy of having a child and you know having the enough knowledge to be a parent
1: mm-hmm. i would
4: really appreciate that if you help us in that
1: okay sure um yeah, you know, I think there's uh, parenting is the most important role we will have, and so it's important to take it importantly and to prepare ourselves the best way that we can, knowing that as prepared as you get, you're still going to feel unprepared because it's something that you, you have to experience and go through to see what it really is. So, um, you said this is for your daughter who is pregnant? Yes.
4: Oh, okay. uh, no, she's not pregnant. No. She's going to have a baby next year. Okay. And uh, because... Her Farsi is not good in writing, in reading. So um, I I just want to ask you, please, if you have uh, some reference in English,
1: it -hmm. will be very helpful. Okay. Um, Well, let's see. Okay. I'll I'll think of some books that could be um, relevant. I'll I'll say there's a few aspects that I'd want her, you know, I think for any parent to think about that are important. One is. As much as we think about parenting and we think about this baby, which of course it is about, the first thing we have to try to look at is ourselves and understand ourselves. Because, um, you know, when we enter romantic relationships, a lot of our issues come up that we didn't know we had. You know, I work with a lot of people that they say, In my day-to-day life i feel totally normal then i get in a relationship i'm like who is this person because all of a sudden these insecurities and different things come up so uh, parenting even more so that's going to happen so the first thing that's so important is to understand ourselves our own childhood and what we went through the things that you know we got that was good the things we didn't get the pains all those types of things we experienced even our experience as a sibling in the family and the preferences and different things that happened, because uh, unconsciously you're going to express those things through your child and your parenting and so you want to be very aware and mindful uh, first of all aware of them but then as much as possible to deal with and work on those things as much as you can so one book in that realm um, that I think is good is Parenting from the Inside Out, okay, by Daniel Siegel, and I think it's two authors, but he's one of the authors uh, on that okay. book, Parenting from the Inside Out. And so, as the the title of the book implies, parenting from the inside out, looking at yourself, trying to understand what were my issues, what did I go through, uh, you know. And he even shares some of his experiences, realizing he was parenting his kids in a certain way, reacting in a certain way because of his own experience. Let's say, for example, you were uh, the younger child and then your older child is doing something to the younger child. That might be bringing up some things about yourself when you are the younger child, whether you take that side more or take the other side more might be impacted by that. So it can be very important to be aware of ourselves um, first. So that's something I would uh, recommend. Um, There's a few books by Emily Oster. O S T E R. Yeah. Um, I think the first one is called Expecting Better, and then there's Crib Sheet, and then Family Firm. So Expecting Better is about pregnancy, and uh, Crib Sheet is about um, child, like birth, and even a bit, I think, before birth till preschool age and then family firms for older so your daughter wouldn't need those later ones for a while but expecting better might be good and in that book in her books in general um she's an economist actually but she does a good job of compiling the different research on different aspects of whatever it is from let's say Uh, prenatal care, or, and and then also let's say breastfeeding and all, whatever it might be in these those two books, the first ones, and just giving you the research so you can then make your your decision because yeah. with a lot of these things, you know, sometimes there is a very clear best way of doing it, but very often it's more about you have to figure out what works best for you and your family and your situation, because for example, yes, ideally. Uh, one of the parents, even both of the parents are home with the baby when, for a long time. Um, but if that's going to create some huge financial stress, it might, daycare might make sense from a young age for that family. Yeah. So I wouldn't make it some across the board type of thing. So I like that, that book, you know, I'm trying to think of some more, you know, the way you even said it, like the philosophy of parenting types of mindsets. Um, I, I do think some of Daniel Siegel's work in general is good i would say this um sometimes we're looking for like the philosophy on this like what should my daughter know or follow um and usually it's not going to be that it's not going to be one resource or someone has it figured out that's that's my perspective even i think what my father has done is tremendous and really grateful i know it's helped so many parents with um, you know, having kids and that whole process. I would still think other resources would be good even if you are, let's say, look, listening to his CDs just because that's just how the state of knowledge is, is that there's going to be a variety of perspectives and opinions and we do well when we hear from from multiple sources. So I think it's good to, you know, have your daughter read multiple books. The ones I gave are just some examples, but other ones as well that, you know, they have to also resonate with her. She can't become a person that she's not to parent a certain way that doesn't fit her personality. Another thing I will say is if you know she's married with her and her partner, um, it could be very important to do a lot of this preparation together, hopefully they will, because one of the, the biggest things is a lot of times it's not just about doing the right thing, but the more you do it in a consistent way where both parents are on the same page, the better it goes. And so, you know, it's not important as to me if bedtime is, let's say, 8 p.m. or 8.30, what's more important is that everyone in the home is on the same page about that bedtime. That's going to make it go more smoothly. So um, I would recommend her and her partner go through, you know, things together, read things together. So it's not just a, as the mom, she's the one studying, that hopefully they're preparing together for this new uh, endeavor of their life.
4: Okay. Thank you so very much. Sure. I wish, you know, I I thank you and your dad a lot for being such nice to give us this information. And, you know, I wish I had this knowledge before I became a mother, but it still is good that the young people can use it. Thank yeah. you. Well,
1: thank you. And I'm sure you did more than good enough. And um, I can speak uh, on behalf of not of my father, but myself, that I feel very lucky to be able to, do this and to talk to you and people like you who get to call in and and trust us really we value that and always hope to only do good and not do anything that will um, not guide you in the wrong way and often i don't have the right answers but i'll share the best of my knowledge and ability but thank you for calling appreciate you oh
4: thank you thank you have a great rest of the
1: day you too all right let's go to another caller radio Hamra. you're on the air hello Hello, caller, are you there? Hello? Yes, hi.
5: Hi. Thank you for calling. Good,
1: thanks for calling.
5: Thanks so much for accepting my call. Sure. Um, uh, I have several situations, but I think I can start with a more important one. Um, uh, We came to America eight years ago, and we have a son. He's uh, um, a little bit over four years old. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know... uh, being away from the country and not having enough knowledge, we didn't really have a lot of education relating to parenting. But then, after he came um to our family, we started just reading several books, you know, getting advices on different topics uh tried to just kind of feed in all the information we could and then we came up across uh, so many of ideas out there, you know some people are just suggesting going through this path some opposite and just not, you know, matching the other one. So we got kind of probably confused in some of the aspects of parenting. Mm -hmm. And um, now he's four. I I, I talked to your dad today also that he's uh, kind of emphasizing on um, he needs to be in a school nowadays. But the problem we have is just potty training. Um, We I think we tried to just have several methods applied, but all of them just, you know, resulted in failure. And, uh, uh, because of that, you know, some of the other consequences came to our lives because my wife is staying home all day, you know, being with a baby, she was kind of independent woman before that. And now it's just kind of affecting our relationship and now marriage. And, and I was just wondering if you could just somehow, um, helping us and, hmm. you know, finding the best way to just kind of getting out of this.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, because what you said earlier was reading different books or perspectives and almost that that was confusing. And then you're saying you talked to my dad and then now me. So I don't want to continue the same pattern where you are, um, you know, hearing different perspectives and then it could actually sometimes hurt more than help kind of like the too many cooks in Mm -hmm. the kitchen kind of a a situation where you know if you add more this add more that you know it's going to end up spoiling what you're you're dealing with and so um let me say a few more general things and let's see we could talk a bit about what's going on but i really do want to be mindful not to add just you know i i want i think it's good to hear multiple perspectives i even said with the previous caller but we have to be careful not to take multiple um specific advice from different people that can confuse us more, you know, than if it actually will will help us. So, one thing and the reason why I think it's good to hear multiple perspectives is I don't think anyone has the truth on anything real any of these things, you know, that it's easy, you know, ev- everyone will tell you the foolproof way to do this or that, but you know, kids are just like human beings are are unique. There are definitely patterns that we see and lots of things might work for lots of people, but there isn't something that's going to work for everyone. First, it's not going to work for every child, and then it's not going to fit for every family to say, this is going to be the only way to do this thing. And if you do it any other way, that's the wrong way. Um,
5: we experienced that. <laughs> practically.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, and I so and I say that because, you know, and I get it like and, and you see this even more with social media where, you know, people say they have the answers and it's so simple because they, they have to make it into a one minute, you know, type of a, yeah. of, of a clip. And, you know, everything is presented as so simple. And the reason why they present everything is so simple is because they know you, the listener, is very anxious about this thing. And oh, so if gosh, the person presents it to you as if I have the answer and you don't have to worry about it, there's something very calming and soothing about that. But unfortunately, the reality is they don't have this perfect solution because it's not out there this way that it's this is the way. And if you do it this way, it's it's going to work, you know. And so actually I have some I take issue with this because I see it so much on in social media. It happens in other ways, too. But it's, it's so common now on social media, these you know, an expert on everything saying they have the solution. So I'm all about people sharing their knowledge, expertise and what they've learned. And that's really beautiful to share that with people and help them. I think it's really unfair when people present it in some way that it's the perfect solution and it's going to work no matter what, because then people can feel what you feel is they, they follow what they say and then it doesn't work. And then they feel like they're a failure or they did something wrong or something is wrong Mm. with their kid when it might not be any of those things, you know, it might just be that, these things are complex and it's not that simple so i i, I do sure. want to make that point that you know if you're having this challenge uh with potty training with your child mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you you know either of you is bad it definitely doesn't mean he is bad and we want to make sure you know he doesn't get that message at all there's something wrong with him because that's often what happens especially yeah, if we think,
5: think we, we try to just you know uh make that clear like yeah you know, at at some point we were so frustrated we just trying to m- make him do it and just kind of pushing him through. And then just, you know, because we want him to get ready and go to school and yeah. do stuff that he loves and stuff like that. But then we pushed back uh, evidently that just, you know, because we, we could see the, the consequences. You know, it could go into a really bad way and yeah. make him just, you know um kind of angry and we kind of saw some of the anxiety signs that came along with that situation
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah and,
5: and and to add to your point we kind of tried to not get all the advice from the social media most of the advice we received it was from medical field like from his doctor or mm-hmm. if you know um, there is a group of doctors active in this uh, you know area that they can help us that that was the whole thing yeah and we tried to just eliminate the, the social media stuff because we knew that that's not really the answer for our problem
1: yeah and, and just so i'm clear um, it's not that i'm saying social media is definitely a bad place to get this information it can be very helpful um, and yeah. lots of times it's, it's people who are professionals or with lots of expertise sharing that on social media I was specifically talking about when anyone makes it seem like something is so easy or they have the mm-hmm. perfect solution which sometimes is presented in that way that's something that I, I take issue with but you know I, lo- I see a lot of people they say oh I, I see this this woman that talks about um, you know sleep training and you know it's the, and it could be helpful so again it doesn't mean her met and sometimes, will, you know she might have a method and it's okay to, to listen to her method but not to think mm-hmm. that means this is the method that's the perfect one that has to work and to be aware that we, you know, it might be someone else that has the a better solution for us or a better suggestion for us. So I'd be, you know, I don't mind you looking at the social media to to hear input. It's just being aware of the sometimes the ways it's presented as they have the perfect solution and it's going to work um, no matter what. And I'm glad you're trying not to, you know, put that pressure on him now because um, this is also something I see with parents that we there's a pressure to, you know, have kids do a certain thing or we can feel like how they act is such a reflection of us that we then put pressure Mm. on them. So, you know, our child is biting their nails and we're trying to get them to stop. And now it's not just about them biting their nails, it's that I'm a bad parent every time I see they bite their nails so I get mad at them because it's a reflection of me. It's like my report card and I don't want that. And so Mm. we don't want your child to feel any way that there's a pressure, he has to do it, it's bad if he doesn't, he's bad if he doesn't. And the more we actually put pressure on him, we know the harder it is because these any kind of performance anxiety makes it worse, but especially something like this with control and holding. If we try to make it about uh, pressure and making him feel anxious about it, it's only going to make you know matters worse. So we're at a commercial break, but I want us to continue. As I said, maybe even I won't have a clear suggestion for you. I want to you know we'll explore some things you're trying and what's going on, but we'll at least continue the conversation after the break. Okay? Sure. Okay. Thanks. Sure. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Let's go to the caller with before the break. Caller, are you still there? I am. Okay. So um, we were kind of talking some generals about your your son, who's four, and been having some challenges with um, potty training. But then you were sharing how that's. Um, relating to things like even sending him to daycare. And so it's becoming an even bigger issue because of that. Uh, And even as I'm saying that, we can understand, uh, even if I'm just looking from a global kind of sense of it, he probably has anxiety, even though he's saying he enjoys school. you know. And so sometimes when we know if I'm potty trained, I can go to school, it might create some feeling of maybe it's better not to be potty trained because then I don't have Mm. to go away from home so you know that's just a more abstract kind of general sense of things but tell me a bit more I, I you know we got more into this abstract topics in sure. general so if you want to get more into the, the specifics and as I said uh, you know potty training I've definitely helped lots of families with it but I wouldn't say it's something I have expertise in that uh, I want to make sure I give you my method but I'm very happy to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. and give you you know some thoughts on what's what's been going on
5: okay like um I think um maybe over a year ago he he Kind of able to start urinate in the mm-hmm. bathroom without any help or any problem. The only thing that we right now have a problem with is just the ball movement.
3: Uh-huh.
5: He he's just kind of expressing a feeling that he doesn't want to sit on the toilet and just does a business. Mm-hmm. because he kind of maybe had a fear. Yeah, several times he just explained in a different way, you know, like the water in the ball it just might come up and just, you know, some some fantasy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> stories that he's making up. But uh, he he right now is just pushing it to uh, have a ball movement, maybe having underwear and standing up in, in, in the bathroom and then, you know, somebody talking to him, you know, a mom or dad just you know while he's just doing that uh, ball movement, mm-hmm. and we had a difficulty to just kind of transition him from um you know doing a ball movement, standing and sitting on the ball uh, on on the toilet and do it over there. you know we explaining that it it could be much easier if you do it, you don't need to you know clean after yourself, you know even though he he helped a little bit after you know he does it not not totally but we still have to help him wash himself you know okay. clean the the area but he's just still hesitating to just kind of uh, fully uh, or completely just you know cleaning all the mess that he made and I don't know we we should just make him do it but we're still helping him this is one of the area that we kind of having or mesmerizing how we can just kind of help or not mm-hmm. leaving to him because you know that's that's the area we get like advice you have to you know some people say that make him pick pick your underwear and when he does it tell him that if you're not doing it we're going to throw away the the underwear. and i mean we said no this is probably not a good mm-hmm. idea to do and the reason they said because they they did that with their child and it was successful but we just hear it, we're not going to take it in because we're not sure if it's it's going to work for him as well. Yeah. So I'd like the suggestion we get. And I, I think this is the biggest moment that we have. Right now, you know, we're trying to go camping out and then going somewhere, maybe staying overnight. That's going to be the biggest issue for us because it's going to create a situation that he needs to... Uh, poop and, you know, Mm -hmm. have a bowel movement and he needs to just have a bathroom, have somebody next to him. And it's just kind of all the, you know, situation that I explained coming with that. So we're just kind of eliminate going overnight or maybe camping or anything that we think that is a good activity, you know, uh, for him, for us and everybody else. But we yeah. just hesitate to do it, and we just eliminate it
1: sure let me let me ask you some other questions just to get some more general yeah. sense. Are there any other kids in the family?
5: No, it's just the only one just him, okay, I mean, the only reason I think we decide to have one child because my wife is um over forty four right now,
3: mm-hmm.
5: and we're just not one. Of- Have another one, I think, because of the risk factors that involve
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure clearly you listened to my dad because you quickly defended yourself for why you have one. (laughs) You have just one child. (laughs) And he
5: said that you have one, he he needed it to be in school when he was three.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And
5: from eight to five. Yeah. And my wife is just sometimes, she has a question like that why it's too long? And I said, probably there is a reason. He's the only child, he's a son, and He's over four now. I think that's the best, you know, advice that could be out there, you know, for him.
1: Well, yeah, we do want that for him to have more of that, you know, interaction with his peers and things. And and maybe as an even ideal, that would be. And there might there's probably other schools of thought on top of that. But let's just even say. But we can't then because of that, say we're going to force him to sit in that class for eight hours, even if he's, you know, whatever the circumstances, we have to make sure uh, we get towards that. Um, yes. Goal, you know, that's that could be a goal. Okay, we want him to be in school and for a period of time, but we can't imagine that. Okay, well now we're late. We have to force him to do it or put that pressure on him to to yeah. do that. So I wouldn't want you to feel that that kind of a, a pressure or force, and especially for him to feel that. Now, lots of kids have anxiety when it comes to the toilet, and yeah, something is going to come out of the the hole, or when it flushes, it's so loud, or yeah, it's going to swallow me in, or all those you yeah. know there's lots of fears that do come up that I know you're saying it's kind of like it, it sounds like funny or almost like fake but you know they have these discomforts about that experience I'm assuming he has his own like smaller toilet bowl he is, yes. yeah and so even we, still yeah I mean,
5: we introduced him to the toilet when he was maybe a little bit over two so we we had He's a small toilet we have the other convertible toilet that which put on the normal mm-hmm, toilet mm-hmm. as well so every toilet that we have in the house, they, they do have that, you know, convertible and everything.
1: So. Yeah. And what does he say himself like about doing it now? Like what he says, he still, is he say I'm scared yeah, or what's it? Like, the-
5: like, like the water is coming up, you know, flush. He doesn't, you know, one, I, I remember once he said that he doesn't like the sound of the flush. And we said that we're not going to flush it when you're sitting up there when you're done your business we can just flush it afterwards but he he just you know changing the story and saying something else yeah Um, you know he he thinks that if he sits on on the toilet he's gonna you know his mess is gonna attach to his body and I said it's the same thing you do it with the underwear (laughs) yeah and um, but you know
1: well he's feeling more exposed that way now one thing I'll say about the flushing let's say for example if we're trying to address different parts of this um, and maybe you've done this you know it's Outside of him even using the bathroom, just going in the bathroom together and and flushing, so he gets used to that noise. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
5: he, he he loves it. He does it himself. Okay, he, he urinates. Yeah, but when he's coming to the ball movement, it, the, the story is completely mm. changed.
1: Well, there's a feeling of control, probably. You know, when you're when he's standing. And well, I don't, does he stand when he urinates or he sits?
5: It it, it depends wh- okay. where we are. So, like when we go to the public, he he, he does the standing. Yeah, urinated, but yeah. when we're home, he he does both of them, like standing and sitting.
1: But he doesn't get scared to sit to do that.
5: No, no,
1: no. Okay, that's interesting.
5: Not, not for urinating. No.
1: Yeah, so those same fears of like the of like the flushing and things don't come up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now let me ask you another. Uh, this is a important element of how you and your wife are either on the same page or not on the same page about things. How would you assess that?
5: Um, In past, probably we were not on the same page. So uh, he could uh, for sure see that we Mm -hmm. have that uh, expression that we are worried that he doesn't do it. But then I, I said, you know, probably last four or five months, we kind of trying to ease it out and being the same page, not pushing it. And making sure that we are supporting him even though he doesn't want to sit on the toilet. Yeah. That that's that's become like a norm right now for both of us. We're just supporting the situation because we honestly we don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. We're just thinking that maybe we you know, I heard about this story that you can go with the pace of the baby. Mm-hmm. When they are feeling they are ready, they can just, you know, um, go and do it. And I mean probably that's uh, a direction right now we got in into place but we are not 100% sure that is the right path that's why I called in to mm-hmm. just make sure what we probably done wrong and how we can just kind of fix it and kind of making sure that he understand what we did in the past probably make that situation for him that he's feeling that he's having those stories coming to his mind while he's Doing the ball movement, maybe sitting on the toilet. How we can eliminate that, and how we mm. can help him transition from what yeah. is he right now and going to the next step.
1: Well, tell me about when you say we weren't on the same page. So, it was who was pushing more? What, what was that? How was that looking?
5: Probably, I was first starting pushing it because I, you know, when I go with different people talking, somebody says that we probably trained our child when he was one, one and a half, two, and I was saying we are almost. Wow, he's. This- almost three years old why we're not doing it mm. it's, it's kind of helping us because you know even though I know that maybe I did it in a bad way but probably that was the uh, a trigger that caused the whole situation because I was pushing it so yeah probably my wife is just you know kind of going with the same uh, wave with me just both of us pushing it afterwards it just becomes uh, um, a, a trauma maybe for yeah. him
1: well and it's funny even like you're saying pushing and that's part of this the process where we're trying to help him too but when we push someone to, to push it doesn't usually help yes. them now when you say one that sounds I I don't know if that's realistic like actually one maybe almost two when they say one I don't know even that's yeah there yet. I, I,
5: I don't know how honest they are when they tell their story but that's what I heard
1: it's yeah I'm, and I'm, again I'm not saying I know for sure it's not true I also just know yeah. you know if you ask most parents they'll say oh my kid was reading when they were like two or when they you know just things that probably weren't happening but uh, we tend to have a, a favorable memory at times but either way um it's not to say maybe there are some kids that they will potty train at the super young age we're not you know that's not for us to verify or or prove not true the most important thing i think is that second part is that let's let you know let him do it when he's what's right for him it's kind of like walking and i see some parents like well what if i you know almost like train like they're training their kids so they walk sooner and it's like let you know let your child walk when they're ready to walk you know there's no Uh, need to expedite that and you know they're always there's this feeling that we can have often about life like it's a race and we have to make sure we meet these milestones at the what feels like it's the right time um Mm -hmm. but really that pressure usually hurts so i think unfortunately this uh, you know what happened here is the pushing actually pushed things back you know as you're recognizing now and doesn't mean you should beat yourself up over it you were doing it only from good intentions but um that we we need to give him more space and your day-to-day life it seems like is being impacted so i say this hopefully with a sensitivity towards that but i will say that it's important to uh, i always encourage parents to have both a short-term and a long-term mindset so the short-term means we always care about what our kid is going through in the moment and empathize and show them that what's happening now matters while also holding on to the bigger picture view that in the long run you know lots of parents and I don't know about your experience or even my specific experience, you know, issues with these kinds of things come up, but the kids figure it out and they're okay eventually in the bigger picture, you know, so we yeah. don't want to get caught up in the, well, it better happen today or this week, um, because the more your son, you know, as you you alluded to it yourself, feels this pressure that you better get the, you know, you got to do this, you got to hurry up and do this it's going to make it all the harder for him. If he's already anxious about something, if we're then anxious going into that situation on top of that, he's just going to feel more scared and uncomfortable and it's Mm. going to be harder for him to do that. So um, I would try your best and, you know, I get now that he's getting even older, it seems like you were wanting him to do it a while ago. You might even feel that anxiety and stress is still there, but we do want to give him that space. And now he's old enough that I'm like, as you're having, you can have conversations with him to try to, in a loving calm way not that something is really wrong we have to fix this problem mm-hmm. um even i mean is there any sense from him of like him wanting it or does he say no this is fine this way
5: yes i mean um i can count probably um four or five times mm-hmm. that he's just expressing that he wants to go to school and you know I, I, once we you know another advice we got you know you get a Big gift, and you tell them if you're just doing the bow movement and you're doing everything you you're supposed to do, you're gonna get a big gift. and then we purchased that gift, we left it, and we told them that this is gonna be yours if you're doing it. This is for like probably nine, ten months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and and then he he said that I want to try because I want that, but then mm. eventually he didn't. Yeah. Um, and we and, said that. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. we just give, it, but we didn't give it to him because that's going to change the whole story. He can have everything he wanted but without right. you know uh, maybe
3: uh trying yeah
1: you know? no i think that yeah. that makes sense and look and this is again you you're saying before like someone else said dude they did this and it worked and yeah. i'm i'm sure there's many families where that's worked they said hey if you do this yep. we got ready to get to it and then the kid did it they you know it could happen um it seems like your child you know there's a lot of anxiety around it so it's not like lack of motivation to push mm-hmm. him over the edge it seems like he's really feeling a lot of stress or anxiety about this. Now, overall, do you see him as an anxious child?
5: Mm, not really.
1: Not really. Only, okay. Only
5: when this happened. Like today, my wife texted to me when I just shared the, the story and how I talked to your dad.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she
5: said that out of blue, he just said that I want to sit on the toilet and do the bowel movement. Okay. This, this was... I mean, he, he doesn't have it right now, but he yeah. just expressed it. You know, sometimes this happened. He, he expressed it, but when he's coming to do it, it's just completely yeah. changed to the different scenario. Yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe my dad gave him a call or something, but he got, <laughs> somehow he, <Yeah>. got, <laughs> he felt something know, was going I'm, on.
5: I'm listening to his um, programs that he has from birth to seven. Yes. I mean, it's a lot of information. We're sure. just trying to get it in as much as we can, you know, with the work. Pace and all the stuff that we have, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, um, I, I really want to just kind of make sure that if we made some damage, we don't do it again. And if there is a way that we can repair it and fix it, yeah, and then just going with the pace that is right till he's ready to do it.
1: Well, you know, I, you know, I can understand your first of all. You just want this for him and for yourselves, and and if you did something like you said, the damage you feel bad and you probably want to to fit one fix it but also possibly even apologize or make sure he feels okay and yeah. um you know sometimes we can have those conversations it might be harder to like have a let's say a conversation i'm sorry if i made it too much pressure you know he, he, that might even make it more pressure or more at his age to comprehend what his daddy's saying or what's going on but i think mm-hmm. the biggest way is to show him through changing the way the pressure that goes on this even you know maybe if both of you go maybe it makes it more pressure just you're seeing how can we turn down the volume it's so hard not to because i know each time it's about to possibly happen it probably feels like a big deal like oh is it is it gonna ha- is it gonna work or is it not and if it works oh my god so good if it doesn't ah, oh, we failed mm-hmm. again or we're still f-, you know so i think the pressure it's not just on him it's on you and your wife also um and, you know, I get it that you're, you know, calling my dad, calling me, looking for these resources. And that's that's good to see if you can help yourselves. But also not to put this pressure, like, if we don't solve this immediately, you know, it reflects so bad on us or we should feel bad about it. So I hope you can forgive yourself for, and I don't even know if you did something particularly wrong. I like,
5: am. I mean, I, I really for forgive myself. Okay, good. The thing is, my wife, she's still...
1: Um, <laughs> She hasn't forgiven uh, you, or
5: <laughs> not me? Maybe her.
1: Oh, okay. okay.
5: Of the situation. She is. She has the personality that she, you know. If she does anything wrong, it's going to stay with her maybe mm. forever. Yeah. I would say that you you have to just forget about the past because you can't change it. The only thing that we can do maybe if there is the opportunity to just apologize or right. make it right. That's the only thing that we can do right now. But well, that's yeah you know, feeling or having that bad moment or the guilt, she's thinking that is the whole situation. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes she's regretting having uh, this, you know, story started from the beginning and she wished that she did it in a different way. Yeah. But, you know, we're here right now. We can't change anything happened in the past, but we can change what we yeah have right now
1: and so i mean and i totally agree with you that um i would want her to forgive herself and to not blame herself and and it's going to just or hurt her else. true yeah yeah or you or yeah. or your son for sure um and that it's only going to hurt the situation but we also know it's not that simple just us we think it's the right thing for you know she might even think it's the right thing to change that feeling but i hope you can show her and even you know acknowledge your side of things oh i you know so not even to your son but to her of like You know, maybe I pushed too much in these ways or I did these things, but we're on the same team. Of course, with our son too, we're all together. We're all trying to make this work the best way we can. You know, having kids is tough and, you know, lots of times people can make it seem, this is what I meant by the social media posts and it's not just on social media, but somebody's like, oh, look, you know, family, it's so easy, we do this and we do that and everything is so smooth when it's not that easy. So, you know, giving yourselves a little bit more a slack, cutting some slack that it's okay. And your son is okay. You guys are great parents. It's totally okay. And he's going to get through this. You're all going to get through this. And especially if we turn down the pressure on this, that there's not some limit. We have to get it done by the end of this year or by this time or by this camping trip. or you know, The less we can have that pressure on yourselves, which will then trickle down to your son, the better it'll likely go. So to turn down that that volume of it, um, I I know I didn't give you a clear directive as far as behavior-wise. You know, look, he today he said he wants to sit, and that's that's great. That's a step forward. Um, yes. That doesn't mean it's going to happen today or next week. Even still, we still have that patience, and we want it to happen, but we have to stay as detached as we can from the result to not put a pressure on him. But I hope you had talked to your wife some more of. talking to her about forgiving herself. I know you have, but not in a, you better do it or see it this way. Like I, you know, I, I know you've tried your best and even acknowledging your side. You know what? Maybe I did. I think I did too much, not in front of your son, not when he's hearing it, but letting, you know, maybe I was pushing too much or I did so many things that didn't help. So don't put it on you. It's not about blaming, you know, you taking the blame, but the contribution and that, yeah, you're trying to just turn away from blame and turn towards helping your son and, and again, letting this happen, it's going to happen likely soon, but if we try to push for it, it's going to make it even harder. And if we just make this the goal, we might give him another type of you know, issue about doing this in general. You know, So we don't want to only make the goal. If he does it on the toilet, we win kind of a feeling. It's a bigger picture of him as a human being and as a person that he feels good about himself, that... We don't make this as stressful because this could lead to issues of how he feels about bowel movements and control and all those types of issues down the line. So we're going to try our best to turn down the volume on this issue that it's OK. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does have even like practical consequences of him going to school and how that might impact the family. But pushing forward, forcing, it's not going to it's not going to happen. You it's okay. kind of like—I mean—it's kind of like going to the bathroom. You just have to let it happen a bit more. If we try to force it too much, it's not going to work. So, you know, turning down that that pressure on on him. And wish you the best. And when I say the best, it's in the bigger picture. So if it doesn't happen today or tomorrow, that's okay. Uh, but it was nice talking to you. Thank you for your call.
5: Can I can I ask another question?
1: Um, sure, go ahead. Yeah, we we are at a commercial just, break. But yeah, go. Let's see how how quick it is. We could either take it now or yeah. after. So
5: we're just wondering, maybe adding a babysitter that uh kind of coming coming along with the situation might help what is your advice on that
1: it might i mean now if we're thinking okay in front of someone else he might feel like he has to do it is that kind of what you're thinking
5: no maybe just you know the, the person we're thinking about he she she had like two sons raised two sons i mean we just wonder maybe she can have a better
1: practical advice when... She he, could, when you know, she she definitely could. could. I, I don't know, you know, so I get the, you know, you're looking for something that will help, and it could, I, I don't know if it will, or Vlad, just more pressure on your son either, if she's in the, you know, now if you want to ask her for her opinion, that's one thing, and again, taking it as like, that's her perspective on it, just like you've called and looked at other people, but, you know, I wouldn't say bringing her in the home is going to be, it could, again, I can't say it won't help, but I, I don't see... A reason to say that's definitely the right next step. Great.
3: Okay. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much. Nice Appreciate talking to you. So sure.
1: Take care. All right. Let's go to another commercial break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's go to another caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air.
0: Hi, Doctor Alaqi. Hi. Good
1: Thanks. afternoon. Good afternoon.
0: Thank you so very much for all you do and all your father actually does uh, for our society. We truly, truly are blessed to have you. Thank you so much. You and your father. Um, I just want to give a little bit of a background about myself. I am a Jewish woman uh, who came from Iran. Um, As a kid, uh, most of my uh, friends were Armenian because of my mom's uh, heritage of being Russian. And, uh, you know, I went to Muslim schools, so as you can imagine, all of my friends were Muslim, so we were all like sisters. We all escaped, uh, and one Baha'i friend that, you know, we were like, you know, all of us were like all different religions, um, loving each other, and uh, everything was, of course, hidden because of the, you know, morality police in Iran. And I thought that, you know, when I grow up and, you know, just become a little bit older and, you know, leave Iran, i would leave that fear hmm. back you know would leave it there mm-hmm. and i just feel that it's back again um i want to you know share with you one experience that i had on one of my trips to israel when i went i had this bittersweet experience that they have this uh arabic uh shuk that they call it shuk, but it's like a bazar I went to buy jewelry and scarf and all that, and I just met this wonderful, kind, handsome Palestinian guy who was very sweet. And as you can imagine, um, we talked and talked and talked, and we both got teary eyes because we were talking about what is going on. It was five years ago, of course. And I just said, you know what? You're, you know, If you look at Abraham, you and I are cousins, and I want to hug you. And I, I truly, truly wanted to hack him. And he said, believe me, I want to do it. But if I do so, I will be killed because I'm being watched. Mm. So not only, you know, we in Iran were being watched. These people, you know, are being watched also. They, I don't think that they can actually um, act freely. I think they're being watched. And I truly, truly believed him. He was like a very sweet, kind uh, person, and one more issue that I want to discuss with you and get your expertise on that is that I feel uh, truly depressed after, you know, the events that happened this week, because I mm. believe that, you know, if any kid gets slaughtered or beheaded, I never, ever ask, is it Palestinian, is it Chinese, is it you know Israeli, is it, you know, Chinese or Mexican, A kid is a kid. And as you said so beautifully uh, when you started your show, they're innocent little people. And it bothers me when, you know, they just compare how many Palestinian kids were, you know, killed, how many Israeli kids were killed. When kids get killed, we all should feel bad. And if we don't, there's something wrong with us and i you know I think I'm very very naive because i'm I always and always had this dream that you know if you go to Israel, you see the uh, house of worship for Baha'is and it's a beautiful, beautiful garden, and you see you know the the place right by that side you see the uh, mosque and by that you see the western wall, and by that you see uh the uh the place that jesus uh resurrected so all these, you know, beautiful, historic places are all together. And I was always hoping that there's going to be one day that, you know, all nations will be dancing and singing together and just embracing each other and their differences and hugging each other. And I just feel that it's not going to happen. And I, was, I feel that I'm naive to have had that dream for years. Because I was just told by one of my friends to go online and uh, Google the Hamas Manifesto. And as Hamas declares, it declares that, you know, the Israel has to be an Islamic land. Not, it doesn't even mention that, okay, an Islamic land for all nations. It just says that Islamic land. It means that, you know, all, everybody who is not a fanatic Muslim, has to be wiped out, like our massa, like our heroes who, you know, uh, got murdered uh, last year. Mm-hmm. I have this fear that everyone is in danger, and I don't have, I, I feel just helpless and hopeless that, okay, all of my, you know, good, you know, Muslim friends who do not obey these laws, they are in danger. All of my Baha'i friends are in danger. All of my Armenian friends, are in danger. My family as a Jewish family is in danger. And I don't know if there is any way that, you know, I I I'm not sure if you've read the manifesto or not, but I if you have, please let me know. How do you come and talk peace with people who do not believe in anyone's Mm -hmm. existence other than, you know, just some crazy people who want to kill everybody else
1: yeah well and, and, and i'm
0: not talking about palestinians i am yeah. pro-palestine i'm not talking about them they sure. are being abused and used by everybody yeah by all arabic uh, countries that surrounding them no one is helping to actually build uh, gaza they're all you know funding for um other stuff No one actually is trying to help these poor people.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, um, and I know you said from my, I don't have some expert opinion about what the future is going to be, you know, about will we have, I don't think you're naive to, of course, not to wish for it, but even to, I think one day it will happen. Obviously, I don't think it's going to be happening tomorrow. I do think there will be a day where we will have much more, we will have peace Uh, on the earth and even you said all nations I think it's gonna be when we move towards where we won't even really see that these nations and these divisions that we create that's when um, you know we'll get closer towards that and we will have that and I I definitely have hope for that and I could be naive too and it could be just my way of comforting myself Uh, but I think it's it's a a ways away and I don't think it's just gonna happen on accident we have to work towards that peace and work for peace and, you know, there are groups that will be hateful and we you can't negotiate with someone who doesn't want for you to be alive or to exist. There's no um, negotiation there. So I understand what you're saying there. And, and there will be there have been groups. I don't think there will always be if I'm saying I'm hopeful, um, but there have been throughout history groups that are completely against the existence of another group. So that um, has been there. And we can't negotiate again with someone like that. So that... I I agree with you in that and as you also said that doesn't represent um, the Palestinian people or who they are that is just this terrorist organization this group that has has some type of power and even backed by other governments including unfortunately the Iranian government who is, is funding and supporting them and so they have power and that's not the people that we're gonna have to eventually negotiate with or let them have the power this the path to peace I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. But yes, it can't be with someone who um, wants another group not to exist or to to be there. So uh, I I don't see that as being a a path to peace that we can go towards.
0: Sorry to interrupt. So are you suggesting that as long as Hamas is ruling uh, or is a very strong party in um, Palestine, there's not going to be peace?
1: I I think it's unlikely unless they there's a huge change. No, I don't see that as being possible if that's the well wow. yeah. So I
3: mean
1: Yeah, that that's going to be, you know, it's a it's it, this path to peace as I was saying, I don't have it cleared out in some way that I could say if they do this, it's going to be simple. I don't think it's going to be easy, um but I am hopeful like you said you were. I don't think that is naive. A week like this last week, yes, it makes us feel that it's naive to think we're going to have peace when things are so uh, bad and we're seeing so much. Sadly, there's you know death and injustices that we don't see on the news most days that are happening. So it's not like, um, you know. unfortunately, there wasn't anything happening to this last week. There, there's still things that are happening in other places where people are being killed or mistreated that are still happening as well. So we do have a lot of work to do, to go towards what you were hoping for. I'm hopeful for that too. And I do believe in that. And um, part of my hope you mentioned children is children that we see that uh, exactly. each new generation can do better and will do better. And so I still have that, that hope for that. So yeah, it's been a, a hard week for that type of hope and just a hard week to watch what's been going on. Um, appreciate you, you calling in and sharing your thoughts.
0: Thank you so much for all you do, Dr. Hulakwe, you and your father, honestly, you've changed lives, and I hope that you know uh, the tremendous effect that you've had in our society to bring uh, not only awareness, light and warmth to our lives.
1: Thank you very much, and very proud of my father. We
0: love you. God bless you you and your father and your whole family, and I really, really hope that we do see that day that all nations are dancing together and, you know, they're just appreciating the differences and the different languages and the different appearances and, you know, just everything, just hugging each other, you know? Like, life is too short to, you know, just being spent on counting how many kids were killed today or yesterday or will be killed tomorrow. And people laugh and, you know, just give, you know, uh, pastry and... You know, like is out in the land that Cyrus the Great, you know, was born there. It's just really, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm at shock. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, yeah. I mean, what we, the images and what we've seen has been um, nothing less than shocking and horrific. And uh, I'm with you. I'm hoping for that day when we are all together, dancing and in peace together. Let's hope to for that. that. Yeah. Thank you for I your call. To that.
0: Thank you so Uh, much for everything. Thank you. Thank you.
1: you. All right. Okay, let's go into our last commercial break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Just have a few minutes before we got to wrap up the show, but let's go to another caller. Radio Hambra, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Hi, there's some noise in the background. Hello? Yes, hi.
6: How are you? Good afternoon. I wish you have a great day. Thank you. Likewise. We have a short time, but I just want to generally talk about the justice. I'm not a lawyer or judge, and I don't want to judge anything. But as you said, the start of your program today, if there is two sides, you have to listen to them say why are they doing this and why are they doing that, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is logical. So, when you talk in this conflict today, when you talk to one side, they say that we have the right to come here to this country or to this land because some power up there told us this is your land. And the other side says here is the land of my father, my grandfather, grand-grandfather, and I got to fight for it to get it back. So it's kind of confusing that who has the right or, Is uh, telling the, I mean, Mm
3: -hmm.
6: uh, right way to solve this issue. So would you have some your some points on that, please?
1: Sure. I mean, yeah. You know, um, in the abstract, all of these things are going to be easy. Okay, look us into both sides and come to agreement. But and that's why I've said several times I definitely don't have the the answer here for especially what's going on there. Uh, And if we just even think about. what conflict is you know conflict comes about whether we're talking about two people or two groups anytime we have some kind of disagreement about something or we want different things and maybe it's that we want the same thing but I want it for myself and you want it for yourself other than that everything's okay if we you know and that's when these things come up and that's when it's difficult it's always easy if we want the same thing conflict arises when we you know we have that that come up and figuring out our way through conflict is challenging because i'm always going to see my side more than i see your side just yes. by definition of seeing it from my eyes and and so that is difficult so here um you know as i said i i don't have the solution because what's also difficult is people you know i've hearing lots of different reports and depends on when you you know they say well historically in the history how big are we looking at the history you know i hear some people say well this happened in the last this many years and what happened more recently does have more of an impact because those people are here but then there's a bigger context too to all of these um, situations to to look at as well so uh, i i think it's very difficult to um, I don't know if we lost the caller, uh, Maybe maybe that's okay. But I pre- appreciate him him calling. Um, and, you know, these situations are very, very difficult because, as I said, in a abstract me just sitting here talking comfortably, it's easy to say, let's make sure we hear both sides and come to a solution. But when we're talking about life and death and land versus this is mine, this is not yours, this is my home, uh, this is actually my home, these topics and these issues are incredibly heated, they involve things that are happening in the moment. And so uh, things happen. And unfortunately, we've seen really bad things happen as well. And the worst things that humans can do to one another have been happening. Um, and so I say this with many of the issues that have come up that I talk about when they're social issues from racism to the United States, to economic issues that might affect um, the world or this country or this city that uh, we often think the answers are simple. And if we go online, going back to what I was saying to that parent, and that was about potty training, but here we're talking about, um, it's still about something that's part of potty training, but it's important, poop. Not I can't say the word on the air, that we're talking about when those issues are coming up, people often will say they have the answer, that it's so simple that if we have some big uh, political issues some big economic issues some big social issue it's so easy just do this or just do that and we are already have our preferences so this is bringing us back to the beginning of the show that we have our bias you already see it a certain way and especially with social media and the way it's geared towards making um, something that you want to see we're usually hearing the voices that already see things the way we do telling us how right we are and how stupid the other side is and whatever the issue is and yes not every issue is going to be let's look at both sides and both sides are equally involved but i do think and i would always encourage us to try to understand both sides of an issue or the perspective not to say killing is ever justified so let's see why they did it and maybe it was okay it's never okay no matter who's the perpetrator and who's the victim it's not okay for anyone to kill anyone to hurt anyone we're not looking for justifications. We're trying to have explanations and understanding to see how did we get here to prevent it from happening again. If a child you know, is in a pool and drowns, we study it not because we think it was okay. We study it because we don't want it to happen to any other child again. Okay, so we're going to put gates around the pools because that might save a child's life. So yes, it's different when we're looking at people acting in a certain way rather than an accident but similarly we want to look at what is happening so i do encourage everyone to be mindful of this that of course you have preferences here you might even have identities involved you might have family members involved i can understand that it's easy for me to say look at the other side maybe it's not something that makes sense in that scenario i understand that but i still overall for the majority of us whoever can um to look at both sides of what is happening or to understand in a bigger way. And if we do have some values, one of them is valuing human life and valuing peace, we have to strive towards that objective. And as soon as possible, we'll have to start with that objective too. Um, In general, and really I would say almost always, but I'll say it in general just because I don't, I can't say it's always going to be one way or the other. We're not going to get... To peace through war we're not going to kill everyone that we are against and then get to peace yes sometimes in a certain isolated moment I can understand you defend yourself that is different but overall that's not going to be the path to peace and I don't want to compare situations because they can be so different but even the United States after 9-11 thought they were gonna kill all the enemies that did something like this or would cause something like this and what happened many many lives lost on many sides billions of and trillions of dollars and many years and really was there a solution from that no so i I say that part to emphasize that peace will come about through peace yes if someone is trying to hurt you you have to get you might have to defend yourself through violence but overall we're gonna have to find a path that involves peace and we can only get to that path if we're listening to one another and understanding one another. We only can get through peace when we're willing to accept that the other person in this situation, the other group, they are coming from somewhere to their life values, their people value and matter and let's figure out some path to peace. We're not going to get there through killing more people and so my only hope is for the least amount of bloodshed and lives lost um, and whatever is happening, hopefully we can find that path to peace and all be part of that path rather than more hatred and destruction. That brings us to the end of today's show. A big thank you to Farhuda here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadir Lakwi. Zan Zendegi Azadi.